Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's DBT mini-sode. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you all that I'm not a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, or life coach, anything along those lines. I am just here walking through my own recovery journey for borderline personality disorder, and I thought it would be interesting now that I've started my group DBT sessions to take some time every week and give a brief synopsis of what we covered in that group session, skills that we just or not discovered, skills that we worked through, as well as some resources for those of you who are interested in working on um, your own DBT work but might not be able to get into a group. I've mentioned this in a few episodes. I've been on a wait list for DBT for six months now. Um, it took a while to get connected with the CMHA here in Canada and for them to start rerunning group sessions due to the global pandemic. Um, through CMHA, I guess it's kind of interesting to talk about how I got connected with this group. I had to go through an intake process. And what uh, prompted that intake process was I ended up at the hospital um, under, I think it's called a Form A or a Form 1 here in Ontario, meaning that I was not allowed to leave the hospital until I had been evaluated by a panel of doctors. Um, I was held for 24 hours. Um, I had been in a state of crisis. I had suicidal ideations. And in that moment, I asked Siri to call my mom because I had scared myself. Um, upon being released from the hospital, um, I was given new medications. That's when I got put on mood stabilizers. And I was connected with a outpatient res resource through CMHA and set up with some interviews uh, to go through and talk about my um, struggles with emotional regulation. Um, and that is where the intake person with CMHA uh, determines which program would be best for you, depending on criteria that you hit. Um, you can either go through um, with what they call DBT light, which is kind of an emotional intelligence and emotional regulation um, course. I think that one's about six to eight weeks to go through it. Um, but upon evaluation, it was determined that I needed the full DBT therapy. And that is offered. And that's a 20-week course here in Canada hosted through um, the CMHA, which is the Canadian Mental Health Association. And I believe that is all across Canada and each province kind of operates differently. Again, I'm here in Ontario and for me, this is free to do. And I feel incredibly blessed. When I was first referred to this DBT group programming, I was told that I might be on a list for upwards of a year and I was prepared for that. And all in all, it took six months. So half the time that I thought it would, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, another free resource that you can be connected with here in Ontario is through um, local hospitals if they have the program. Uh, my hospital did, um, but unfortunately that's a two-year wait list. 
So I have gone through CMHA in order to be referred to it more quickly. Um, in these sessions I've had two so far, there's two group facilitators as well as nine participants. Um, and it follows the traditional DBT programming, so the dialectical behavioral therapy programming um, that was designed specifically for emotional regulation um, and coping with big and kind of uncomfortable emotions. So for anyone here who's not familiar with dialectical behavior therapy, I'm just going to do like a really brief synopsis that I'm pulling off of the internet. So um, it's a mixture of kind of psychotherapy and behavioral science um, that really focuses on ideas like um, acceptance, mindfulness, um, and it's very skills-based. Um, so you kind of work through the program starting kind of with your foundations and working up on it every single week. As you master one thing or aim to master skills, you add new skills onto that. Something that I think is really amazing about DBT therapy is the woman who created it essentially, or not discovered it, she literally created it. So her name is Marsha Linenhan. And this woman is honestly incredible. Her research is primarily based on borderline personality disorder, um, which again, like that's perfect for me if I'm gonna speak in hyperbole here. Um, but the other interesting thing about Marsha Linenhan is that she is this amazing researcher, a professor of psychology and psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the University of Washington. But she struggled with mental health throughout her own life. Um, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia, went through inpatient um, programs, unfortunately was subjected to electroconvulsive therapy, um, as well as some questionable medications. Um, but she has kind of, I don't want to say self-diagnosed, but she felt like she actually had borderline personality disorder, and she's talked about that. So when she was developing dialectical behavior therapy, she was testing these ideas out on herself to help herself recover and move forward in her mental health journey. And honestly, I find that to be incredibly brave, incredibly courageous that when you're developing this kind of psychotherapy that you're opting to use yourself as patient zero and you are judging your success of treatment on the life that you're creating for yourself. Um, the other really incredible thing about Marsha Linenhan is um, this great book she's written. Like always, I'm going to link it down in the show notes. Um, and it's called Building a Life Worth Living. Um, and it, it's a great resource for those of us with BPD, kind of as an accompaniment to the dialectical behavior uh, workbook that I talk about. Um, it's really there to talk about building a life that we're proud of, um, building up our own character, our own self-esteem and our self-worth so that we can move forward in life and not ruminate and let these emotions and feelings of potentially intense guilt or 
emptiness and isolation and grief or despair take over. So now that I have rambled on for almost 10 minutes about how I got into DBT therapy here in Ontario, as well as the creator, inventor, developer, if you will, of DBT therapy, Marsha Linenhan, I'm actually going to get into the mini-sode information on what was covered this week in my DBT session. So the first thing that we talked about was um, biosocial theory, and that's exactly what it sounds like. So it's discussing discussing both the biological and the social factors that come into play for people that experience um, big emotions, if you will, or who have struggles with emotional regulation. Um, we looked at emotional vulnerability um, being simply something that people are born with. They kind of talk about it as occasionally being a superpower. Um, to put a positive spin on things. And I kind of agree with that. Sometimes it's very scary to be this emotionally vulnerable. And sometimes it's very helpful. You become very good at reading other people. Although it has been said that those of us with BPD tend to um, put a negative spin on the emotions that we're reading in others. So there's just um, a bias that we need to be aware of there. The other thing that was discussed um, was how an invalidating social environment can help form our struggles with these big emotions. Um, Not learning how to do that, being told that our emotions are invalid, that they're weird, they're wrong, they're bad. People saying things when we're younger like, don't be such a baby quit complaining, just solve the problem. Normal people don't get this frustrated. And that's just an under, a misunderstanding that people had. People not understanding what it's like to have these hyperbolic um, inclinations and temperaments because they can't relate to that. And then when we're told that repeatedly, that deep shame and guilt that we end up um, feeling. The other thing that we talked about is that while people are saying these things and they are extremely invalidating and that's how we as people with BPD feel that oftentimes these people are just doing the best they can and they might not know how to validate us or how important it is to validate those feelings or emotions that they're seeing us have or that they can even be afraid <laughs> that if they validate that emotion we might get more emotional in the end. Um, so it, it's a very interesting thing to look into. I highly recommend everyone look into biosocial theory when it comes to emotion um, regulation. Um, the other thing that we talked about was kind of analyzing behavior. So chain analysis and missing links in chain analysis um, kind of understand a problem behavior that may occur kind of the prompting event that comes up. Just kind of interesting things. That was briefly talked about at the end, so we'll probably get into it more um, at my next session next week. The other thing that we do in every DBT session is we start out the 
I'm going to say class, the group session with a mindfulness exercise or some type of meditation. And after we did ours this week, it was a very short one. It was about a minute and a half. We discussed um, what mindfulness means or what it looks like. And for a lot of people, when they think of mindfulness, they think of, you know, sitting on the floor, legs kind of crossed and having like open or receiving hands, as I call them. That's something that will come up later in DBT to help with um, regulation and feelings of being overwhelmed. Um, But something that I've learned from my own practice of mindfulness, which I discussed with um, people in this group is that when I first started mindfulness, I really struggled with sitting with it for a minute or two minutes or building on that and just sitting and doing nothing. So what I started doing was being mindful in daily activities and that really helped. And what that looks like for me is say I'm doing something mundane, like doing the dishes. And while I'm doing the dishes, I'm being mindful of that specific activity. I'm recognizing what it smells like, like what the dish soap smells like, what the bubbles are feeling like on my hands, the experience of the warm water, how the the plates or the bowls or the glasses feel while I wash them. I'm being extra mindful of what I'm touching um, just because sometimes if you're not paying attention, even doing something like the dishes, you can end up cutting yourself on a knife. Another way that I practice mindfulness is when I'm, say, brushing my teeth. And again, it's looking at those sensory experiences and being mindful of how long am I brushing my teeth? Um, What does the toothpaste feel like? Those kind of things. When I'm washing my face, how my skincare makes me feel and those sensory experiences. And then once I got good at being mindful in those small activities is when I found I was able to kind of sit there and practice traditional mindfulness or meditation. The next thing that we covered in this session was um, looking at emotional mind, logical or rational mind, and then the ultimate goal for not just um, people with BPD, but probably for everyone in general, which is wise mind. Um, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some YouTube videos to kind of explain this. So I'm not taking a ton of time here. Um, explaining it. But what I will say is that wise mind is kind of the ultimate hybrid between being too logical, uh, which I like to call like Spock mind, if you're a Star Trek fan, and then being too emotional, which is generally where those of us with BPD tend to fall, um, is under this emotional side. We're very much governed by those emotions. So after we went through this Venn diagram of what emotional mind looks like, what logical mind looks like, and how they come together to ideally find this wise mind, um, we went through some mindfulness activities um, to help us find our center, is what they call it, and to get to that wise mind state. Some of these included visualizing uh, mindfulness exercises. One, I think, was called like Stone on the Lake, and it's essentially talking you through you're looking at a lake it's calm and there's a skipping stone slowly hovering over the lake and then it ends up sinking I wasn't a big fan of that but I will link it in the show notes the other one that we talked about was about a staircase that one was kind of interesting although I feel like I got too into it because as I was visualizing it I started to feel dizzy um which is 
interesting in a sense because I think that <laughs> means that I was very much in um, tune with my body and very much connecting with that uh, mindfulness exercise. But I don't want to feel dizzy at any time, let alone when I'm not actually dealing with stairs. And then we looked at um, breathing exercises. So um, asking a question as we breathe in and then as we exhale, helping to find wise mind. Um, some of them, I'm not going to lie, I feel are a little hokey, um, but that's just how I feel about them. The interesting thing about mindfulness is that everyone connects or relates to different forms of it. So what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for everyone and that is okay and I don't want to invalidate anyone who might be listening if that is the type of mindfulness that works for you it just doesn't work for me um oddly enough the mindfulness that tends to work best for me are um more traditional breathing exercises like box breathing um which is just breathing in having a pause in your breath and then breathing out. Um, some people look at it differently. There's one form of box breathing, which is like even amounts. So say four seconds breathing in, four seconds breathing out, four seconds breathing in, four seconds breathing out. And then there's one that's more, I can't think of the name of it. Um, I'll list it in the show notes, but it's a exercise where you say, breathe in for four seconds or two seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then breathe out for four seconds. And it's there to kind of both forms of it. Um, these breathing with pauses are to help you regain your breath and to recenter yourself and kind of change your state of being to kind of bring you down when you're feeling heightened. And they totally and completely work. I'm a big advocate of this. And I actually implement this style of breathing Anytime I feel myself um, revving up, um, getting very excited, which can be good or bad, but just feeling myself tense up, for lack of better words, triggered. I'm trying to really not associate with that kind of wording. But when I feel like myself getting overstimulated, whether it be for the good or for the bad, um, because stimulation can be both, in my opinion. Um, the other things that really helped me with my wise mind is to look at, um, beliefs. So what I am believing or what I am feeling in that moment versus evidence. So kind of bringing in that logical mind. And then when I look at both of those and I kind of compare, analyze, I can find that wise mind state of what is likely actually going on in a situation. And that honestly helps me so much in my day-to-day -day life. This belief versus evidence was actually something I was given from my therapist that I've been seeing for a year, not through DBT, but it might be something that comes up later. I'm, again, just kind of sharing what works for me when it comes to mindfulness as well as finding that wise mind state. So that is everything that I kind of have for my first DBT mini-sode. I don't know if it's going to be helpful. Um, again, I'm just talking about my experiences. It's still very early on in my group DBT journey. Um, but I wanted to share this, uh, for those of you who might not be able to connect with a group DBT program in the city, province, country, region, wherever you are. Um, 
as well as I kind of want to do um, an after action report and really compare how I felt about doing this program versus working through that workbook on my own. <laughs> as always, I'm going to link as many resources as I can down in the show notes just so that you guys have access to the things that I was talking about, some mindfulness activities that I work through, a really cool DBT podcast that I follow here on Spotify um, to work through mindfulness exercises when I need them on the go when I'm at work or out and about. Um, as always, please feel free to reach out. I love connecting with you all. I'd love to hear your experiences about uh, DBT programs or just the therapy in general that you guys might be working through. Please feel free to message me through the Anchor app or via email. Um, that is borderlineandback at gmail.com. There's also an Instagram page, whatever works for you. Um, something else that I'd really like to work on project-wise, and I'll talk about this in the next regular weekly episode, is I'd love to connect um, with listeners who also obviously um, are living with BPD, but specifically those individuals who live in a different country than I do. I think it'd be very interesting to kind of sit down via Zoom and talk about the experiences that you have um, getting diagnosed, what it's like having BPD in whatever country you live in, um, mental health stigma or support that you have available to you, um, what your journey looked like, what your struggle looked like, um, how your family received this diagnosis. Um, not really looking to talk about um, traumas that formed it. That's deeply personal and I would never ask that. But just looking for a way to connect and really find out what it is like for those of you with the same or very similar struggles that I've had getting diagnosed, um, how it affected my relationships and now recovery. I think it would be a very interesting project um, to work on over the next six months or so. And again, it's a way to kind of connect with you. And I love that idea. So until next week's regularly scheduled programming, I hope you all have a great week. I hope that there's some moments of joy and light in whatever it is that you're doing. And if you're struggling, I feel you. I know how hard it can be. I hope that you're able to find something good in your day from today, whether that's just a smile that a stranger gave you, a way that you may have made somebody laugh, or something small and kind that you did for yourself. And until next week, I hope you grant yourself some grace. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.